This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Real EFL's League to Look Back. I am your host Matt and joining me this week we have two people you would have heard on this show before. We have Brandon and Kyle. Brandon, how are you? Well, I've watched every League 2 highlight from last week, so great as always, and I don't have a defeat to talk about for once. <laughs> oh, that's always a bonus. Carl, what about yourself? I'm um, good, thank you. Uh, I'm still buzzing after Lincoln's win yesterday, so I like to like to enjoy the, the League 2 action this weekend with no, no real uh, preference to, to who wins most games, so that's always nice. That's always a nice thing. Well, look, let's crack straight on with yesterday's game of the day. And this was Salford versus Wrexham. And Salford City continued their impressive unbeaten run by securing their fifth consecutive victory with a 3-1 win against Wrexham, who were vying for promotion. The match was a showcase of skills, determination and strategic gameplay. The opening goal was scored by ex-Dragons defender Theo Vassell, who displayed his prowess by heading the ball into the net early in the game. Salford extended their lead when Elliot Watts scored directly from a corner, stunning the opposition and further solidifying his team's dominance. However, Wrexham refused to back down and swiftly responded as Sam Dolby managed to nod the ball into the net just before the half-time whistle. Uh, The second half was intense and highly competitive as both teams showed relentless determination to secure victory. But ultimately, Salford City sealed their triumph when Matt Smith found the back of the net in the 56th minute, ensuring that all three points went to his team. The match was a testament to the unwavering spirit and exceptional teamwork displayed by Carl Robson's Salford City as they capitalised on their scoring opportunities. Robson's leadership and the team's collective efforts were evident throughout the game, leaving fans and spectators in awe of their exceptional performance. Guys, it was an exceptional performance by Carl Robson's Salford, wasn't it, Brandon? 
Yeah, I thought they were very much good for the win and uh, against such a good side. I think that really start, you can see Robinson's impact that he's starting to have with Salford and they're starting to edge out of that sort of relegation conversation now. And yeah, I thought their quality really showed yesterday. Obviously, it was very much decided by some set pieces and some, you know, route one sort of play into the box. But I thought they really showed some quality and capitalised against you know, we all know how good of a side Wrexham are. And yeah, I think I thought they were very good value for the win. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I thought they were absolutely excellent. I mean, Carl Robertson, obviously, uh, he's been there a few weeks now, unbeaten. Uh, Carl, uh, how do you think, you know, obviously, uh, it, January is now passed. Obviously, the, the transfer window has now closed and this is his team now to the end of the season. But how do you think he can continue this form going with this Salford team? Do you think he can really drag them up the table? Yeah, they've definitely got a chance to move well clear of the bottom two now. I don't think there was any real um, threat of relegation once once Kyle Robinson's come in and obviously they run the run now. Yeah, they've got a real chance. I mean, they're only 10th from the playoffs now and it's such a tight league that results like this particularly mean a lot. I mean, uh, Wrexham have had a tough week. Uh, they look really, well, I was going to say they look poor. Blackburn... Blackburn were very good on Monday night, uh, put four past them, and then conceding three again um, yesterday. It, it marks a difficult week for them. But yeah, Salford were excellent, um, particularly Elliot Watt as well. That second goal, that corner was quite something, and he then got assist as well for Matt Smith's goal. So yeah, they look they look really good, and they've got a real chance of uh, of at least pushing the top half this season. Yeah, uh, Carl, I've just got to ask you, it wasn't really the Wrexham team that we've generally seen of late. Um, is this just a glitch in their their stellar season that they're having? I would think so, yeah. I mean, Monday night might have taken its toll on them. Uh, you've got to factor that in. Uh, and they'll have a few games now to make up in terms of uh, rearranged games. But I think they'll be more than OK. But yeah, these... Monday night won't be as worrying, but yesterday certainly will. I mean, they were they were dominated. They only had one shot on target, um, so they've they've got to pick themselves up again and and go again. Um, particularly how tight the top is now, and they've they've fallen out of the top three. So they've got they've got real work to to try and win promotion this season. Yes, yeah, they, they they have obviously they they've uh, slipped down to fourth currently in the the league. Uh, Salford there are currently in nineteenth. Let's move on to our next game. This was Colchester versus Forest Green. Bottom placed Forest Green secured an exhilarating draw with Colchester thanks to Dominic Thompson's crucial equaliser. The match was a roller coaster of emotions as both teams fought hard for the points in this 3 3 draw. The excitement kicked off in the 10th minute when Rovers took the lead after Matty Stevens successfully converted a penalty following a foul on Jordan Moore-Taylor by Tom Hopper. The visitors extended their lead in the 27th minute with the return of striker Christine Doogie, who capitalised on a close-range opportunity after the hosts failed to clear their lines. However, Colchester quickly responded and halved the deficit in the 65th minute when Alistair Smith displayed crucial finishing from a tight angle, capitalising on a well-executed play from big forward John Akindi. The drama continued as Jaden Favier led the score at 2-2 just two minutes later, swiftly converting a pass from Harry Anderson with a first-time finish. 
the momentum then swung in coaches' favour as they completed their turnaround in the 70th minute with Anderson drilling home a low shot from the edge of the area. However, Forrest Green refused to accept defeat and mounted a spirited comeback. And in the 74th minute, Thompson scored a crucial equaliser with a long-ranged low shot that squirmed past goalkeeper Owen Goodman. This thrilling draw between Forest Green and Culture to showcase both of their resilience in a never-say-die attitude for both teams, with both of them hoping that this could help them avoid relegation. Guys, I thought this was an exciting League Two game between two teams, both battling it out, uh, obviously, to stay in the league. And they were both as good as each other. They just neither could really just take hold of the game, could they? Yeah, I think it shows that there's certainly no backing down in this relegation battle at the moment. And um, obviously, I'll, I wanted to get onto this, actually. I think they've both had exceptional transfer windows and recently brought in two very good managers I thought would, would be out of reach for both of them and Danny Cowley and Steve Cotterell. I just wonder how you guys think that could play out. And like, do, do you think, can you see either of these really taking the relegation battle far and having enough to survive from these appointments. Well, I mean, I, I was going to say, you don't want my controversial opinion, so I'll let Carl go first. <laughs> well, I've, I've got to say, Danny Cal obviously being a Lincoln fan, Danny Cal is a great appointment for them. And there's, there's no coincidence that of the Colchester goals yesterday, five of the six goal contributions were from ex-Lincoln players. So, yeah, I think... I think that's a great appointment for them. But I thought Forest Green were excellent yesterday. Um, the equaliser. I mean, you've got you've got to look at Tom's. Uh, you've got to look at Goodman in the uh, Colchester goals. A horrible, horrible mistake for him to make. But for them to recover after after being two 0 up early and then going three two down in that five minute spell, it shows it shows real resilience for him. So yeah. It, it, it could be interesting, this one. I mean, Forest Green is still a fair away adrift. I think they're nine points from safety, but they've, they've certainly got a chance. And if they can if they can play like this at home and pick up a few wins, then who knows? Another thing, that penalty. Oh. Yeah. I can't mention it. No, it's... It... It's it's a contentious call, I would say. But look, I, I, let me just give you my my two cents on these both these teams, especially Colchester, because I um I agree with you with, with Danny Cowley at the helm. Uh, the Cowley brothers, they've done exceptional things, and I think Colchester have got an, an a really good experienced manager there, who's definitely a hundred percent keeping them in the league this year. And look, with Forest Green, I cheekily joked with my dad. Um, last night uh, that Forest Green could potentially do a Gillingham from last year. Uh, you know, we were awful last year and yet we somehow we managed to pull it off. And Steve Cottrell is a brilliant manager. They have brought some brilliant players in. And as you said, look, they were, you know, they tune it up, went down to 3-2 and, you know, their heads could have dropped and they could have thought, oh, here it goes, we've lost, but they kept fighting right to the end. And yes, it was a poor, you know, attempt to save by Owen Goodman, but the the opportunity there for Forest Green, I think it's a long shot, I know, but I think there is a there is a chance they could stay in the league if they can put a run together. 
Controversial. I know. I I like coming out with controversial things like uh, Gillingham's back-to-back promotions. Listen to last week's podcast if you haven't already. Uh, after though that thrilling three-three draw, Colchester are in twenty-first. Forest Green are in twenty-fourth. On to our next game. This was Stockport versus Harrogate, and Stockport's position at the top of League Two table became more precarious as their lead was narrowed to just four points following a hard-fought one-one draw at home against a formidable and informed Harrogate team. Harrogate took the lead in the 17th minute with an impressive display of teamwork as Matty Daly skillfully turned on a pass and delivered a precise cross to Team Cornelius, who calmly tapped the ball into the net. However, Stockport responded swiftly, drawing level in the 30th minute when Connor Laymore Evans expertly finished from close range after receiving a well-executed pullback from Macaulay Southam Howells. Uh, Isaac Oliafi had two promising headed chances for the host before the halftime whistle, but the teams remained at deadlock as they headed into the break. The second half was marked by several close calls and impressive displays of goalkeeping. Substitute Ibu Torres glancing ahead of forced a remarkable save from the visiting goalkeeper, James Belshaw, shortly after the restart. Stockport's uh, Lee Moore Evans came also agonisingly close to securing the lead with his shot narrowly deflecting wide. Despite Stockport's relentless efforts, though, Harrogate held firm and managed to secure a valuable point. So, guys, uh, look, I've got to say, I think for me, this was definitely the second half definitely was the uh, the goalkeeping show. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, certainly. But. I also think it's worth mentioning that Stockport goal was absolutely stunning play from start to finish. T- teamwork personified, I would say that 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 was it was just such a beautiful goal. You're not going to see that often in League Two. And another thing, I feel I've brushed it off in recent episodes of the podcast, but Harrogate really putting pressure on that top seven now, aren't they? Yeah, I'll be honest. They kind of, you know. I would say definitely, you know, before uh, sort of the December period, my initial thinking was, yeah, Harrogate are nowhere going to be nowhere near the playoff race. But you know, they're currently sat in eighth position, and they're really breathing down the necks of, of that playoff place, and they could sneak in, couldn't they? Yeah, I think they showed they have the qualities of a side that, well, they're very difficult to play against. They have a lot of resilience, and you know that. If you're hard to beat, you can always stay in something in League Two. Yeah, and look, it's not like, um, you know, Stockport didn't have a go at them, Carl, did it? I mean, um, I believe I've got it written down here, 20 shots, uh, five on target from Stockport. So, again, it's not like they were they were just sitting off uh, Harrogate. They really did have a go, but Harrogate's defence really stood firm and... They took their chances when they went forward. They had four shots, two on target. One of them was a goal. You know, what What perfect numbers, 50-50 across the board there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's perfect from, from a Harrogate perspective. And to put into context that well, they've done. Stockport are on a, a run of one loss in 10. Harrogate are exactly the same. So they really are knocking on that playoff door. Uh, just to touch on the Stockport's goal, that work from uh, Macaulay Southern Hales, ridiculous to manage to keep the ball in. And... He got his reward for it. But yeah, Stockport particularly, particularly with a better side throughout the afternoon. But Harrogate get a point that 
that could really, really be crucial. And that playoff race at the moment is is really tight. So a point against top of the league, there's no way you can turn that down. And yeah, it's all about their defence this weekend. Yeah, I mean, um, Stockport have gone on a bit of a uh, sort of you know a bit of a, sh- a streak recently. They haven't put uh, some so many great uh, results together. Um, you know, they're, they're starting to get other teams breathing down their neck when, you know, you, you think they'd be, they would be clear. And is this an opportunity for them? Do you think it was three points, you know, potentially lost for them? And, you know, so two points dropped away for Stockport. Or, or do you really think that Harrogate were, you know, worthy of this draw? I think you can see it as both. Like, I, I think it very much is a point. For, it's a point one for Harrogate and... T- Two drop for Stockport, really. Yes, uh, yeah. So with the rest of the uh, the league now currently breathing down their neck, obviously uh, Mansfield. We'll get onto them a little bit later on, uh, but yeah, it, it's getting tight up there, and it's a very interesting league this year. I just say it's it's so open; everyone's getting results against everyone. Uh, but look, we'll move on after that game. Finished. Stockport are in first. Harrogate are in eighth breathing down the playoff next uh, and well let's move on to our next game this is Newport versus Swindon and in a thrilling encounter in League Two Newport County showcased their resilience and determination as they staged a remarkable comeback to secure a 2-1 victory over Swindon now the match which unfolded with palpable intensity and some skillful gameplay provided an enthralling display of football for the fans. Uh, Paul Glatz displayed his, uh, his goal-scoring prowess and notched his first goal for Swindon shortly after the half-time break, putting them in the lead. Undeterred by the setback, though, Newport County rallied and demonstrated their attacking prowess as Will Evans, in an impressive display of skill and determination, scored his 20th goal of the season in the 53rd minute. This crucial goal injected renewed energy and hope into his team, setting the stage for a compelling comeback. The match reached a dramatic crescendo as Sub Palmer Holden, uh, with nerves of steel, unleashed a late strike that clinched the victory for the Exiles, propelling them to an inspiring win. I thought Newport yesterday, guys, uh, were definitely value for that win. Their second half performance was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I thought they were stunning, but also worth mentioning, I thought Swindon did make a real game of it in the first half. But on the whole base of things, it's really starting to dampen Peter out for Swindon. And, you know, there's a lot of concerns off the pitch that are now creeping onto the pitch. So, yeah, it's a real dampener. But it's also worth mentioning Newport on such a good run in the league, really. I only really noticed it looking today. They've not lost many at all in the last month or two. Yeah, they're, they're, they're on a really good run at the moment. I think that's three straight wins, a six unbeaten. Uh, Swindon did it the post twice. Uh, I was particularly glad to see uh, Harry McCurdy come back to Swindon. I know a lot of people didn't like his uh, social media antics, but personally, I loved him. I used to love checking his Instagram every week and seeing what stupidity he posted. It was it was always funny to read, and he had a he had a late chance when he ran from midfield and hit the post. Uh, the boy hit the post. I think four minutes in from a free kick. So yeah, it was a really good game. 
But yeah, I think Newport probably just about edged it. Yeah, I've got to say, I personally feel Swindon are definitely missing uh, um, Dan Kemp and uh, Jake Young. Uh, you know, you can definitely tell, um, you know, obviously losing them at the start of January was big. I don't believe they've been able to replace any of them anywhere near. And look, I'm, you know, I know Gillingham and Swindon have a bit of a rivalry and I'm not saying this you know, as a downer to any Swindon fan or anything, but I just feel at the moment you're going to start slipping towards the bottom. I don't think you're going to get relegated, but I think you're going to start, you know, slipping closer towards the bottom at the moment, just because I don't think you've, you've been able to replace those uh, really important players in January. Uh, I don't know what you think, Brandon. Do you, do you, do you think Swindon are, are in trouble or do you think they, you know, they could be safe this year? I think they'll be safe, but I can really see them getting into that sort of 19th and below bracket. And I just think generally they will like, more than likely survive this season, but there's such a dark sort of tone over Swindon at the moment. I don't think there'll be a lot of positivity across the summer and there'll be a lot of pressure on the board. And yeah, there's a lot starting to seem to creep in at Swindon. Yeah, I feel obviously quite, you know, they've got, you know, really the informed Salford City coming up next, Carl. Um, at home, you know, it's, for me, I kind of feel it's really, that's a, one of these really important games where they can't afford to lose. You know, a point minimum, the win is what they need. But, you know, against, say, a really informed Carl Robertson's informed Salford City, I think, you know, uh, um, next Saturday, the 10th, is going to be really important for their season. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't see past the a Salford win next weekend. I do think they're in a bit of trouble. I think I think they will be okay this season. I think uh, their situation is similar to Bradford in some ways. They're, just, they're too far clear at the moment. They won't be dragged into it. But next season, and as Brandon mentioned, depending on how their summer goes, they've got a real, real chance of being, of being down there next year. Unless they can, they can turn it around in the summer, but I can't see it, unfortunately, for them. Yeah, it's not looking great if you're a Swindon fan. Currently sat in 17th in League Two, with Newport sat in 13th place. Let's move on to our next game, and this was Mansfield versus Notts County, and Mansfield secured a hard-fought and narrow 1-0 victory over their promotion rivals, Notts County, with Davis Keelor Dunn's 15th goal of the season, providing to be the decisive moment in this thrilling derby clash. The high-stakes match kicked off with an early let-off for the Stags as Christy Pym had to make a crucial block to deny David McCaldrick's finish, while Scott Robertson's missed a follow-up opportunity, causing a moment of tension for the Mansfield faithful. However, the tide quickly turned in favour for the Stags when former older midfielder Keylor Dunn seized the opportunity just eight minutes into the game. In a display of skill and precision, he expertly curled an unstoppable finish into the top right-hand corner from the edge of the box, propelling Mansfield into the lead with this stunning goal. The match continued to be a rollercoaster of emotions as both teams sought to gain the upper hand. McGoldrick's low effort narrowly missed the target and Notts County came agonisingly close as they struck the woodwork twice in quick succession. 
The second half brought further drama with Mansfield creating several promising openings, putting pressure on the Notts County defence. The match reached fever pitch as Mansfield relentlessly pushed forward, seeking to extend their lead. And had it not been for Aidan Stone, Notts could have been lost by more. But ultimately, Mansfield's early goal proved to be the deciding factor, allowing them to secure a vital victory and complete the double over their rivals. I thought again yesterday, uh, two promotion uh, chasing teams there. Um, it was a really, really hard fought game. And actually, I thought Notts County definitely turned up. They just lacked that final finish at the top end of the pitch. Yeah, that sounds similar to the story of Mansfield and a lot of the draws, ironically. But yeah, obviously they'll be broken to have lost a derby, but I've seen a lot of Knott's fans say Stuart Maynard has improved the defence. Obviously, it was 4-1 in the reverse fixture. They'll never be happy to lose to Mansfield, but it does seem like Knott's have tightened up a bit at the back. They're not conceding as many clear chances and... Yeah, I think that's definitely worth mentioning. But um, obviously, we've always talked about missed chances with Mansfield. I've got a question for you, Matt. Obviously, Tom Nichols went to Mansfield on deadline day. Do you think he could... He's always been a talisman level. Do you think he could make a difference in Mansfield's promotion credentials? If I said yes... Uh, no, uh, no... Um... For uh, one thing I will say about Tom Nichols is, from what I understand, he is definitely a second half of the season striker. Uh, he comes normally good in the latter half of the season. And if you look at what he did for a duels in the latter half of last season, you know, I think he was like, uh, I think he got 10 goals in, in the, that last half of the season. So, look, he is a very good striker. I Unfortunately, this year, it just didn't work for him at Gillingham. I think he can get goals for Mansfield. I just don't think he is actually Mansfield's answer, though. I think they needed, like, what Gillingham need right now. They needed a, a proper goal scorer in their team. And like Gillingham, I don't think they've got one in the players they brought in. No, I think... I think yeah. uh, Sorry, I was going to say, I, I agree with that. Um, it was an interesting game, this one. I just thought that, yeah, both teams had the same amounts of shots. Mansfield had seven on target. Um, just failed to get that second goal. But, yeah, I think it's big what both of you mentioned about um, their defensive record and trying to trying to save that because they were the first half of the season. They were they were really poor at the back. So, they've definitely they've definitely got something to build on now. But they've really got a got a look at the clubs that are coming up on them. There are plenty of clubs just outside the playoffs at the moment that would fancy themselves to to pip County for a, a playoff place. But yeah, if they can if they can carry on with this this better defence and with the players they've got in attacking positions, then there's no reason why they can't get in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I just found it quite um, quite hard with County Service. I mean, I think uh, the yeah the stats I've got here: uh, sixty-four percent possession, uh, thirteen shots, but only one on target. And you're right, yeah, they they may have closed up defensively, but it's like they're now starting to lack going forward. Where before they were obviously, you know, you score four, we're scoring five. Uh, at the moment, yes, they might be you know being able to 
you know, not as concede as many, but they're not scoring now, though, either. And I feel that that could be now their downfall. Yeah, well, that save from uh, Christopher, I think, in the second minute was the only shot they had on target all game. So to go almost all over 90 minutes, if you include stoppage time, without a shot on target. I know um, Jody Jones at the post um, at some point. But yeah, they've they've really got to, got to improve going forward now that they've closed up at the back. And, and if they don't, they, they are going to struggle. Yes, well, obviously, currently after that game, Notts County sits seventh in the league. Mansfield are in second. On to our next game before the break. This was Barrow versus MK Dons and in a highly anticipated showdown between playoff hopefuls at Holker Street. Lone signing Cole Stockton made a dazzling debut for Barrow, securing a momentous 1-0 victory with the solitary goal against formidable opponents MK Dons. The match was a tense and dramatic affair, characterised by a barrage of missed opportunities and a late flourish that ultimately tilted the scales in Barrow's favour. Under the watchful eye of Barrow boss Pete Wilde, the home side created numerous scoring opportunities early in the game. Don's keeper Philip Marshall tipped early as Elliot Newby's strike past the post. Sam Foley and Kean Spence came close to breaking the deadlock, only to narrowly miss the target with their efforts. After the halftime interview, Foley missed a golden opportunity as he volleyed Dean Campbell's cross over the bar. But as time ticked away and as the scores remained at deadlock, Barrow's uh, persistence finally paid off. Substitute Ben Whitfield, whose impact was felt soon after his introduction, orchestrated a brilliant play that led to Stockton firing home his inaugural goal for the club. The midfielder's influence continued as he delivered a pinpoint corner that allowed Jamie Proctor to nod the ball just over the crossbar. Despite Burrow's spirited display, though, their victory was nearly jeopardised in stoppage time, with goalkeeper Paul Farman stepping up with a crucial save to deny a late attempt from MK Don's Joe Tomlinson securing the hard-earned three points for his team. Uh, I thought yesterday, gentlemen, uh, Barrow, it was a hard-fought game, but Barrow, I, I, I don't know, I don't know about how you feel. I think they were deserving of those three points. I think it was it was right for them to have come away with those three points. MK Dons just didn't look like the same team that they looked like in the last few weeks. Yeah, it almost felt quite right going into into the game beforehand that Barrow were going to win as almost part of this sort of fairy tale that they're going through under Pete Wilde. Because, you know, going into this class, you've got two very different styles between Mike Williamson and Pete Wilde. And, you know, welcoming such a good MK Dons team, possession heavy, welcoming them to Hoka Street, you know, like I thought that performance there really personified everything that's been so good about Barrow this season and they were like you said very much good for the win yeah I mean look I, I was obviously I watched MK Dons last week I thought last week against Gillingham they absolutely you know <laughs> they played like a team that are going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season yesterday though um I don't know it just feels like it was kind of the wrong squad that, that started the game. I don't know how you felt, Kyle, but um, almost Barrow sort of 
15 shots on goal, uh, six on target, but Barrow really did hammer that MK Don's defence yesterday. Yeah, I think more in terms of the shots that weren't on target. Yes, they were the big ones. As you mentioned, the few chances they missed um, on another day that could come back to bite him, particularly when MK always so dominant with the ball. But it was a really good finish from Cole Stockton. That's exactly what you get from a player like that, particularly playing at this level. And it, it seems a bit weird with uh, Barrow at the moment. I think they were one win in seven before and suddenly they beat MK Dons yesterday and now they're back in the top three. So it really shows that this League Two division this season is is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I think the stat um, that we mentioned, I think it was last week, was, uh, you know, if, if you take um, from when Mike Williamson was uh, put in charge of MK Dons, if you were to take the games that they played up until now, they'd be top of the league. And, you know, they have been absolutely unstoppable. But yesterday, for me, MK Dons just yeah, didn't really turn up. But look, we can't deny that Barrow yesterday under Pete Wilde, They've got, I mean, they've got some player there in Cole Stockton, haven't they, Cole? Uh, um, but Brandon, I'm, I'm going to just I'll chuck this one up to you, uh, only because I've had this chat with a friend of mine. I've always come up with these crazy things, but I said I reckon Cole Stockton will score over twelve goals before the end of the season. What do you reckon? I agree with you. I think the way Barrow plays very much suited to him, and he has the perfect sort of surroundings and a good enough team to really make that difference for Barrow. And and an amazing manager in Pete Wild. Obviously, if you for those of you that don't know if you're first time listeners, I am a Pete Wild lover. Yes, I think he's an amazing manager. But look after that great one nil win yesterday, Barrow sit in third place and MK Dons are in sixth. Guys, it's that time. Go and have a cup of tea. We will see you in three. Away days are great. Especially when your striker bags a last-minute winner. But there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The new year is now upon us and tis the season for planning your next holiday adventure. Whether you're travelling to Germany for the Euros, France for the Olympics or taking your partner or kids... On a much-needed break to the Balearic Islands, downloading NordVPN is a must. NordVPN allows you to watch all sporting events, TV shows and films which are not available in your region by switching your location in just a click to one which is showing the content. So if you're away with the family and miss the pain of watching the EFL team you love the most concede in the last minute due to a dodgy refereeing decision, then NordVPN is a service for you. NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online by protecting your personal data and other sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash real EFL. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support our podcast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. For just the price of one cup of coffee per month, you can download NordVPN today and use it across six, yes, six different devices, one for the whole family. So a massive thank you to NordVPN for supporting this podcast, and you can too by going to nordvpn.com forward slash real EFL to get a discount. The link is in the description. Welcome back, guys. Uh, let's jump straight on to our next game. This was Accrington versus Grimsby, and Accrington endured a missed opportunity to narrow the gap on the playoff positions as they battled to a scoreless stalemate against a struggling Grimsby side. 
The result left Stanley just two points adrift of the coveted top seven positions, while Grimsby, who came agonisingly close to securing a dramatic late victory, remained near the foot of the table. The match unfolded with early moments of excitement as both teams sought to gain a foothold in the game. Grimsby's captain Danny Rose nearly clinched a last gasp win for his team in the second minute of added time with a powerful header, but his effort was brilliantly denied by the on-loan Manchester United goalkeeper Redick Vitek, uh, preserving the deadlock and ensuring a hard-earned point for Accrington. Accrington's attacking endeavours were met with sturdy resistance from Grimsby's custodian Harvey Cartwright, who made a crucial save to thwart Ben Wood's effort early in the game. Additionally, he deflected a low-angle drive from Jack Nolan, denying Stanley the breakthrough in the first half. Meanwhile, Accrington's Reddick was equally tested, expertly keeping out Anthony Garhunden's long-range attempt, which marked their only shot on target in that initial period. The encounter continued to be a tale of resilient defending and missed opportunities with Grimsby displaying dominance in the second half. Substitute Kieran Green failed to find the target following another set-piece opportunity and he came close once again, heading a Denver Hume corner just over the crossbar in the 82nd minute, adding to the mounting tension within the stadium. And in a now-biting climax, sorry, Rose, determined to secure Grimsby's first victory of 2024, came incredibly close to breaking this deadlock in the dying moments of the match, symbolising the relentless pursuit for victory for both teams. The hard-fought draw between Accrington and Grimsby exemplified the competitive nature of football, leaving fans and spectators enthralled by this tense and enthralling battle between these two sides. And despite the absence of goals, the match was, was a captivating showcase of League Two football. Um, guys, I mean... Look, I've got to say, I, I, it, for a nil-nil draw, I, it was a really fun to watch nil-nil draw. I don't know how you saw it. Well, obviously, as a Grimsby fan, if you saw our three uh, deadline day signings in Denver, whom uh, Liam Smith and um, Thompson, I thought they those three were quite integral to how solidified we look because, you know, it's no secret we've been so leaky at the back. It's been our downfall this season. But I thought the two centre-backs looked a lot more comfortable with the two new full-backs by the side. And, you know, Dominic Thompson's been part of the most underachieving team in Wickham for a large part of his career. And you could see why yesterday he had that real written midfield and we looked a lot harder to play through without you know he didn't he wasn't overly stunning but you know he just had that grit and was quite simple enough with it and we looked a lot harder to play through than we have in recent seasons and yeah I thought if we were to nick that I don't think anyone in the stadium could really have complained. No I mean you had uh, 16 shots in total obviously I know it was only three on target but uh, still, 57% possession away from home at Accrington. That's a tough place to go to. And I think you're right. I think if Grimsby had, a, you know, if Danny Rose had scored with that literally that last minute header, I think every even Accrington fans would have gone, OK, no, I think Grimsby deserved that. I don't know how you saw it, Kyle. 
Yeah, definitely. Grimsby by far the better side there. Really upset the the league standings. Uh, as Brandon mentioned about the players they brought in, Denver Hume was the one that really stood out to me. I mean, that could be a really, really big sign, and he's definitely a player that would uh, that you'd hope from Grimsby perspective would would be able to take him away from the bottom of the table. Uh, if he scored that chance as well, it'd have been the perfect debut, as it were. Danny Rose came even closer. I mean, that was a brilliant save. Uh, by Radek Vitek, but but yeah, uh, really encouraging for Grimsby. Um, not so much for Accrington; they'll have to dust themselves down and and go again. They're right in the the midst of that uh, promotion chasing pack, just outside the playoffs. But yeah, definitely definitely signs for Grimsby there. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think uh, I saw a different Grimsby team yesterday com- compared to what I saw at the start of the season I and. Yeah, I mean, it, but it, you know, they they look like actually, I say, a completely different team yesterday, and, yeah. I, and I actually, it, it was fun to watch because it's say, you know, you, uh, especially if you yourself as a Grimsby fan, I bet you sort of you must be enjoying these last few weeks, sort of seeing this this team come to fr- uh, fruition. Well, uh, I think going forward hasn't been a downfall for us this season. It's just been that defence. But yesterday, with the two full, the two new fullbacks and Curtis Thompson. The two centre backs just looked quite comfortable yesterday, and they weren't really overly phased by what Accrington threw at them. And you know, Accrington very good side onto John Coleman this year. They're a playoff team, and we've travelled there and looked relatively unfazed defensively. And that's credit to our January window for how poor we have been defensively. Yeah, totally agree. And, and um, you know, look, he's, I'm, I'm sure you'll be hoping to a strong finish to the season. After, though, that uh, that game finished 0-0, Accrington are in 11th, Grimsby are in 20th. On to our next game. This was Bradford versus AFC Wimbledon and Bradford's drought of victories in League Two extended to eight games following a goalless draw at home against AFC Wimbledon. The encounter at Valley Parade saw the hosts exerting pressure and controlling play, particularly in the first half, on a challenging playing surface. Despite the difficult conditions, though, Bradford managed to create several promising opportunities in the opening period. Wimbledon's goalkeeper Alex Bess, previously on loan at Bradford uh, in 2022, demonstrated his agility with notable saves from Alex Gillyhead and Harry Chapman. Chapman, in particular, came close with a well-bent free kick and then set up Richard Smallwood, whose volley was thwarted by Bass. The contentious moment, though, arrived just before half-time, when Wimbledon appealed for a penalty after Omar Bugle went down in the box, only for the forward to receive a booking for diving. The second half commenced with Bradford continuing to press for the breakthrough. Uh, Gillyhead unleashing another long-range effort that narrowly missed the target. Callum Cavanhaar, uh, a recent signing from Middlesbrough, showed glimpses of his potential, but AFC Wimbledon's defence remained resolute. The match concluded with both teams unable to break the deadlock, leaving the home fans with a sense of frustration, but also anticipation for better fortunes in the future. Uh, it was a very dominant display by Bradford yesterday, especially in that first half. Um, but they just 
couldn't find the net. I mean, you'd expect, you know, with uh, Andy Cook after his uh, season last year, that he'd be back on form and potentially putting the ball in the net. But Bradford this year, yeah, they've really struggled, haven't they, at that top end of the pitch? Yeah, it's starting to, well, um, Kyle brought it up earlier, Swindon and Bradford are quite similar right now, but not just in table position, but also in the fact that there's just so much frustration. You could hear it in the highlights, the pure frustration with Bradford. It just sort of feels like another season in League Two. They missed out last year and that was their biggest opportunity to have gotten out. But yeah, it's starting to feel quite damp at Bradford now and you know, they just sort of want the season to end from what I'm seeing on social media. I, th I think not just the season. I, th I think they want the, obviously, the chairman out. I think they want, you know, the board out. I think they just, they want, you know, a complete refresh there. And look, I can tell you it when it does happen, because uh, it's happened, I'll say, recently for, for my team, it is a breath of fresh air. Look, things aren't always rosy. You don't always get what you want, you know, in the first season under new ownerships, but things do start to change and hopefully change for the good. And I do understand Bradford's fans' frustration because, you know, it wasn't that long ago that they were playing in the Premier League, reaching cup finals, um, you know, and, and now they're, they're, you know, being dragged towards the foot, uh, you know, towards the National League, which, which you don't want to happen to any team really, do you? But, um, Cole, look, I'm going to jump on to a question here about... Uh, I'm, I'm hoping you've seen the highlights. Please say yes, you have. You have. Oh, yeah. You're nodding. That's good. Uh, this, uh, the Omar Bugle booking. Um, please tell me your thoughts, and I, I, I hope you agree with me. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I can't think that anyone would, would disagree with this. I can't believe it when I saw it, to be honest. I don't know what Ross Joyce, the referee, has seen. That is as nailed on a penalty as you will ever, ever see. I mean, he had, I don't know who the Bradford defender was who had hold of him, but he'd held him for pretty much the entirety of the corner. Um, I don't even know you can give it as a yellow card the other way because there's no, there's no way it's not a dive. It is a horrible, horrible decision. Um, I'm, as you say, you're hoping over. I think everyone, everyone's on that the same way. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad you've agreed because I mean, how you can not give a penalty. I mean, look, we, we've, I, I could do a whole podcast on uh, referees and talk for hours about the standard of refereeing in League Two and League One and, and National League. Uh, and I've said it before, until we get full, full professional referees in all professional football, uh, you're going to get these mistakes. I understand from the referee's point of view, the player has made it look a bit more theatrical because that you have to do that nowadays to get referees to give you the penalty. Because if you just go down naturally, most of the time they're like, oh, he's just fallen over. So you have to kind of fling your arms up and that's what he's done. But to be booked, I mean, Brandon, I mean, please tell me you agree with me and Carl on this oh, one. It, yeah. it was a poor decision. I can only echo what's just been said, really. Yeah, no, great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you both agree. It's just, for me, it was such a contentious decision. Um, I, I've got to just ask you, though, one last thing again. Uh, Callum Kavanagh, a uh, recent signer from Middlesbrough, um, he looked pretty decent yesterday. Um, I, I, I think uh, I, I think they've got a player there on their hands, haven't they? Yeah, I would certainly agree, yeah. Uh, Bradford need it more than, more than most at the moment. As I mentioned earlier about them and Swindon, as Bradford, uh, as Brandon alluded to a couple of minutes ago. 
they're, they're really in a bit of trouble. He could be the one to help them move away from the bottom two, as all the clubs that I think are, are 15 or so points clear of the bottom two. I don't think any of them are in massive trouble, but there's there's really big problems at Bradford at the moment. I think the attendance was given as 16, just under 17,000 yesterday, but I think it was much, much less than that. And it seems a lot of the fans have given up with them this season and I cannot disagree with them. It is just, it's a horrible, horrible place to be at the moment. And I really, really sympathise with them because they're a, they're a huge club. They've backed the players, the squad, uh, the manager for, for a while. I know obviously uh, they've had multiple changes of managers over the years, but they've just, they've got nothing going for them at the moment. And it is so frustrating to see from an outsider. And I'm sure it is for, for every Bradford fan at the moment. Let's hope, fingers crossed, that Bradford can get out this slump then and potentially get some new owners in the door sooner rather than later. But after that game finished, uh, Neil, Neil Bradford are in 18th, AFC Wimbledon in 9th. On to our next game. This was Crawley versus Morecambe and Morecambe's spirited comeback propelled them to a memorable 2-1 victory as striker Jed Gardner stole the show with a brace to secure a hard-fought win against Crawley. Crawley sees the early initiative as Harry Forster provided an ideal start for the hosts, opening the scoring with a clinical finish into the bottom corner, marking his first league goal for Crawley. The goal, assisted by former Morecambe forward Adam Campbell, injected a surge of momentum into Crawley's play. However, Morecambe fought back valiantly with Garner leading the charge. The online striker from Barrow displayed his predatory instincts, cleverly capitalising on an opportunity to turn in a close-range shot, drawing Morecambe level just before the half-time whistle. Morecambe came agonisingly close to taking the lead when Garner's close-range effort was denied by Crawley's keeper, while Morecambe's goalkeeper showcased his shot-stopping abilities with crucial saves from Campbell and Liam Kelly. But in the dying moments of the match, Garner delivered the decisive blow, completing his brace and securing a victory for Morecambe with a composed finish from a tight angle. The goal not only sealed Morecambe's sixth away league win, but also left them just four points off the coveted top seven position. Uh, guys, Morecambe, again, I've said this tonight a couple of times, but 100% value for that comeback win yesterday. And uh, Jed Garner, uh, wow. What a player, man. And what a what a time to, uh, to turn on the show, eh? Yeah, I thought, like you say, Morecambe were very good um, for the win yesterday. But um, the, they've really defied expectations this year. And they're really, they've always sort of been around that, those playoff positions. Like, I personally don't think they could go one further. But I'm just curious to see whether you guys think they could seriously make a late challenge for the playoffs and really assert themselves into it. I will tell you my official opinion uh, as a realist is no, as a hopist, you know, of course, I'd, I love seeing small teams, you know, sort of these teams that come from outside of nowhere make it into the playoffs. But honestly, I, I don't think this year is their year. Um, 
I'm really unsure at the moment. I mean, they're excellent away from home. I think, as you said, six away wins. They've won back-to-back away games uh, with players like Jed Garner. They've got a real chance. And they've got a game in hand, don't forget, on a, a lot of the clubs above them. They go to Warsaw on Tuesday night. And if they can continue their away form, then they'll move within a point of the playoffs. And there's, there's a real chance there. It might be too much from this season. But, yeah, I'd love it if they got in the playoffs. I'd love them to come back up to... To League One, it's a game, uh, it's in the way that I missed out on last year. So I'm hoping that they'll be back soon. So yeah, I really hope for them. Yeah, it's a good away day if you do it in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to say uh, a a big shout out to a Morecambe player though yesterday, Disco Dave Tatonda. ex and player, again, he set up the first goal, but again, I thought he played absolutely amazing yesterday. Uh, um, really well played by him. But yeah, no, look, th- there is that outside, outside chance, but honestly, I just don't feel it's this year. But after that game uh, finished 2-1 to Morecambe, Crawley are in 14th. Morecambe are in 12th. Let's move swiftly on to our next game. This was Gillingham versus Walsall. And Gillingham's pursuit of a playoff Uh, place in the playoffs uh, remains on course despite being held to a 1-1 draw against Walsall at Priestfield. Uh, Connor Masterson provided to be the saviour for the duels as his goal secured a vital point, cancelling out Walsall's lead after Isaac Hutchinson converted from the penalty spot in the 62nd minute. The first half was evenly contested with both teams creating scoring opportunities. Walsall's Priestley uh, Farquharson, I believe I've pronounced that right, uh, made a crucial block to deny Josh Walker a goal on his home debut, while Ollie Hawkins came close with a headed effort that narrowly missed the target. Hutchinson, a potential threat for Walsall all game, was denied by Jules goalkeeper Jake Turner, thwarting the Walsall forwards low shot on the hour mark. However, it was Hutchinson who eventually broke the deadlock, converting from the penalty spot after Gillingham defender Shad Oji handled the ball in the box. Gillingham, though, refused to be subdued and displayed resilience as Masterson made his mark, firing a crucial equaliser into the top corner from six yards in the 77th minute, marking his second goal in four games. The goal reignited the home crowd and bolstered Gillingham's quest for a positive result. And in a dramatic climax, climax, OG had a golden opportunity to secure a late winner for Gillingham. But he was unable to capitalise as he fired over the crossbar from close range, leaving the duels to settle for a hard-earned draw. So, yes, I was at the game yesterday. Um, I, I would say I've been pretty kind to a certain player, a Gillingham player there. Uh, but, guys, I've got to talk about it. The penalty. What the hell was Shad Oji doing? It was the save of the game. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, he thought, I, I want to play in goal. But... It's weird. He's he's on the floor and he's kind of just dived out and reached and grabbed it. But not even that. Two minutes beforehand, he did lose the ball in the middle of the pitch. I know he had sort of no one around him, but look, I'll be honest. Shadow G's cost us three goals in three games. Uh, you know, three consecutive games. Maybe it's time for him to sit on the bench. I don't know what you think, Kyle. 
Yeah, I mean, when I was watching the highlights, I managed to pause it on exactly the right moment, and it just looks, as a standstill, it looks absolutely horrendous. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, it's just pure stupidity, to be honest. Uh, do you, do you oh, think no, he was lucky? As I say, do you think he was lucky not to get a red card? Yeah, potentially. I didn't even think from that perspective. Yeah, do you know what? He, he probably was fortunate. Yeah. I just, I, I just. I, 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 was, I was thinking from a, you know, I was, I put my Walsall hat on, you know, when I watched the game back, and I was thinking, as a, if I was a Walsall fan, you know, the way he's dived on the ball, the ball has definitely gone past him. I don't know if a player was going to be able to block it on the line, but it was definitely going towards the goal. So did he not deny goal scoring opportunity? Look, obviously as a Jewels fan, I'm thankful he didn't get sent off. But, you know, from a neutral's point of view, I'm kind of thinking again, this is that standard of refereeing that we're talking about. Should that not have been a red? Uh, Brandon, what do you think? I mean, yeah, like Kyle said, I didn't think about it from that perspective, but realistically that could very much deny a player goal scoring opportunity. Yeah. I mean, Isaac Hutchinson yesterday for Walsall, I thought he was absolutely superb. He's a player who, I mean, he, he's the type of player Gillingham need, I believe, in their team at the moment. But he was absolutely outstanding yesterday. Uh, Carl, uh, what did you think of his performance? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was very good. Um, he's obviously had to step up now that Freddie Draper's gone back to Lincoln. So he's got a lot more responsibility on his hands. But there's certainly a great player there. Uh he took his penalty uh, expertly, just about went in. I mean, Jake Turner went the right way. But yeah, he's he's real quality. And if Walsall are going to mount a late playoff charge, which I mean, I think probably half the clubs we spoke about today could do that, then it's got to be uh, because of him. I don't think they will, in all honesty. But he's certainly a great player and there's, they'll find it uh, difficult to keep hold of him. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna uh, chat this with then and just quickly at you, Brandon. Do, do you think, uh, you know, do you think it's quite a big miss for uh, for Walsall not having Freddie Draper in that squad? And uh, was it Mofar? I believe obviously they brought in to replace him. Do, do you think he's going to be a good replacement? Yeah, I really do rate Mofar. Like on and off the ball, he was such a live wire for Doncaster in the first half of the season and. Do I think he could sort of return the same, have the same goal return as Freddie Draper? No, but I think, you know, with Isaac Hutchinson stepping up, I think Mo Fowle could be a real offset for Walsall in the second half of this season. He's an absolutely relentless runner and he does have goals in him. I don't think he'll return the same as Freddie Draper, but that would take an unbelievable signing to do so. Yeah, it, it, it would. But, I mean, obviously, Freddie Draper, I think, was such a special talent. And, obviously, uh, you know, Lincoln are going to be glad that he's gone back to them because he had, I think, a really special season uh, this first half at Walsall. And, you know, I, he's he's always going to be hard to replace. Uh, I do just want to finish up on uh, one little mention uh, for, uh, for about Jules. We had a our first ever Colombian-born player make his debut yesterday. Uh, I promised I would try and learn how to pronounce his name, so please forgive me. But uh, Jorge Carbez Hotardo, uh, on loan from Watford, came on. A very young 20-year-old striker. Uh, looks like a really good young raw talent. Um, but I, from, from what I saw yesterday, guys, remember the name. I think he could be one we'll be seeing in the Premier League in the future. After well, that 1-1 yeah. draw, though, yes. Oh, no. look, I... I 
No, he's honestly, he looked. Another, another, another week, another outrageous Jules take. That's what? Hey, look. All right, no, he, no, no. Putting my neutral hat on a, on putting my neutral hat on, he did look like a really, really good player. And look, I, I actually found this out last night. Um, this is how good of a player is. He actually played last year against Lionel Messi in the uh, MLS. So, you know, and, and he beat him a couple of times. So, you know, he's clearly going to be, you know, a FIFA World Player of the Year in a couple of years' time because he played for Gillingham. Moving on after that game, Gillingham were in 10th. Walsall were in 15th. Uh, on to the next game. This was Sutton United versus Doncaster. And Doncaster secured a dramatic late draw against Sutton in a crucial League 2 showdown with Joe Ironside's late penalty rescuing a valuable point for the visitors. The thrilling encounter unfolded with both teams battling fiercely in the basement battle six-pointer. Sutton appeared to have seized the advantage in their quest for survival when Craig Eastman found the back of the net with a second-half strike, providing a glimmer of hope for the hosts. However, Doncaster refused to concede defeat and Ironside emerged as the hero, coolly converting a stoppage time penalty to salvage a crucial point for his team. The match began amid controversy when Rovers striker Billy Waters was booked for simulation in the opening minutes. Sutton then nearly took the lead when Lee Angle's volley was expertly saved by newly signed lone keeper Timotei Latala, who swiftly thwarted Ollie Sanderson's attempt showcasing his shot-stopping abilities. After the halftime interval, Sutton's persistence paid off when Eastman capitalised on Joe Kizzy's Joe low cross at the second attempt, breaking the deadlock in the 78th minute. But as the game entered the closing stages, Doncaster displayed their resilience and mounted a spirited offensive when Carl Hurst coming close to finding the equaliser. The visitors were then awarded a crucial penalty when goalkeeper Dean Bosnius was penalised for a challenge while collecting a cross. And Ironside displayed composure and precision as he confidently dispatched the spot kick from 12 yards, ensuring that Doncaster departed with a hard-earned point. For a basement battle six-pointer, it was a really ent entertaining game. Um, guys, I've got to ask you, who who do you think is going to be happier with the points, Sutton or Doncaster there? It probably has to be Doncaster, but just for the sake of the table, with the fact that they are above Sutton and they've stopped them gaining that ground on them. But in terms of the actual performance, I think Doncaster will be very disappointed and you know this was an opportunity for both teams but especially Doncaster to really get themselves out of that battle but it's not wholly convinced me and from what I've seen from a lot of Doncaster fans I still think they could very much get dragged right into a crunch sort of um so a, a real crunch with the bottom two yeah I've got to say I think I think uh Sutton will desperately be disappointed to have a penalty away uh, so late and such a stupid penalty at that. Um, they've 
they had a massive, massive chance yesterday to really close that gap. I mean, I think if they'd have, if they'd have won, they'd have moved to within two points of uh, Doncaster. So they're, they're going to have to look back on that and think at the end of the season, that could be one of the moments that they think that cost us if they do end up going down. There's still a chance there. And if they can if they can take some of what they, uh, some of the good things they did yesterday into the next few games, then they've got a chance of uh, closing that gap on teams like Doncaster and the other round up at the bottom. Yeah, I think Sutton have been very unlucky this season because, say, I start, obviously since I've started uh, doing these podcasts, I've started watching some of their games. You know, some of the goals they conceded were very messy. Like you said yesterday, obviously it was a messy penalty to give away. And, you know, they're, they're going to be gutted that they've not picked up all three points with, uh, you know, to Joe Ironside putting that penalty away uh, in stoppage time. But at the same time, you know... There is an outside chance. I don't believe they've got as much chance as, for instance, a Forest Green have. Uh, I think, you know, Forest Green, if they put a run of results together, could call themselves out. But I just feel that Sutton, it's a really, really steep mountain to climb. Uh, but, Brandon, do you think it's, it's, it is pretty much game over for Sutton now? Hopefully, given our table position, but um, with my Sutton or neutral hat on, I'm just starting to wonder what the answer is for them because, you know, they seem quite unlucky every week. And it's very much a recurring theme with them. So, yeah, you just wonder where the problem lies. I mean, Carl, what, what do you think? Do you, do you think it's it's pretty much lights out for Sutton or, or do you think there is a glimmer of hope at least? I think there's always a glimmer as long as, as, long as there's a chance. So I, don't, I think the seven points are just safety but I'm just looking at them bottom clubs now and aside from Doncaster I think Colchester will be all right uh similarly with Grimsby I think they'll be too good to to go down if they can put a run together and then after that I just don't think any of the clubs likes of Salford Bradford and Swindon I think they're too far clear I know Salford are in good form and yeah Swindon and Bradford I think are too far clear to get dragged down so I do think I do think they will go down but they'll put a real fight in and I think that's all you can ask at the moment from them. Yeah, let's hope they just fight and fight and fight to the very end because obviously as Gillingham fans, I can tell you it's not over till it's over. Seven goals in the first half of the season to actually finally make it safe. It is possible. So believe Sutton fans, there is still potentially hope there there for you. But after that 1-1 draw yesterday, Sutton United are in 23rd. Doncaster are in 22nd. On to our final game of the day. This was Tranmere versus Crew, and Tranmere and Crew played to a goalless draw at Preston, uh, sorry, at Prenton Park. Sorry, yesterday, uh, yesterday, and in the first half, chances were scarce, with Crew enjoying more possession, but Rovers also having opportunities. Former Tranmere player Elliot Nevitt almost scored for Crew, but was blocked by Brad Walker. And in the second half, both teams continue to have moments of threat with Cruz, Chris Long and Tranmere's Rob Apter and Brad Walker having opportunities to score. The draw leaves crew with just one loss in seven League Two matches and puts them two points away from automatic promotion places whilst Tranmere move up in the table as well. Uh, it's a bit of a, a bit of a nil-nil board draw yesterday, wasn't it, guys, this, this game? Yeah, there wasn't a great deal to take from it. I'm sure Tranmere will be a lot happy with the point. But yeah, Prenton Park, very difficult place to travel to. And 
this was always going to be a banana skin for crew. Tranmere have been picking up results lately and yeah, I mean, it just opens a promotion race even further, but I think it's very much a good point for Tranmere because they've really, really taken themselves out of that relegation conversation now. Uh, yeah, Carl, I mean, obviously, when you look at the actual, the overall game, I mentioned it was, you know, a born <laughs> draw yesterday. Um, there was 19, in the whole game, there was 19 shots. Uh, only one shot uh, on target, and that was by crew. Um it was it was a poor game from an attacking sense, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that. Sorry, I think that tells the the whole story of it. Really, uh, just the one shot on target. I mean, there was one big chance. I think that uh, the crew missed when Josh Hawks played a back. It was a horrendous back pass into the path of uh, Baker Richardson. Had done really well to anticipate it, but uh, McGree was quick off his line, and they just about managed to clear. I mean, that's probably the best chance of the game, and that says a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was probably one of them games that you could could kind of expect with with Tranmere in, in decent form and obviously crew in the playoffs. But yeah, it was it was a really disappointing one yesterday, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, as I, I watch the highlights, and you know, obviously, I, I always try and watch extended highlights. Generally, normally when I when I do, I'll watch them two or three times. Um, I'll be honest, I watched these highlights once and kind of went. That was it. I mean, it, from from a neutral's point of view, it, it, it was a pretty much a boring game. I, I generally think out of the two teams, Tranmere were going to be more happier that they got the point out of this, where Crew were probably going to think, you know, uh, they've missed out on an opportunity here, especially with the results going uh, elsewhere. Uh, but Tranmere have started to look quite good. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'm just going to, again, throw this. We mentioned it a few weeks ago. Is there any hope for Tranmere to potentially get near the playoffs this year? I really can't see it personally, but I'm sure they'll come out of the season with something to build on under Nigel Adkins, and they'll very much have taken that given how they started the season. So then, Carl, second part of the question, do you think it could potentially be next year for Tranmere? Yeah, certainly. I think they've got too much ground to make up this year, and I think there's too many, too many clubs above them at the moment that they're going to have to take points off as well. I mean, if they can do, if they can get results like they did yesterday against Crew, then there's no reason why they can't be in the top half coming into the season. But I think it's slightly too far for them to go. But yeah, next year, uh, give them a decent window, uh, best start to the season. Then yeah, there's there's no reason why they can't be in the playoff picture. Well, there you go. You've heard it here first, uh, EFL fans. Uh, we've all said that Tranmere are definitely going to get promoted next year. Uh, <laughs> after that nil-nil draw yesterday, Tranmere are in 16th place. Crew are in fifth. Guys, you, if you've made it all the way to the end, thank you so much for listening. Carl, thank you for coming on and having a chat with us. Cheers, Matt. Rana, thank you very much. Cheers, I'll see you at the Trummer promotion party. There, there you have it, guys. I've been Matt. Thank you for listening to The Real EFL. We will see you next week. Good, good episode. It, I, I think it works better like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. yeah, I think it is better when you... When you talk about it first, then you get us. It gives us more of a chance on it to say without 
without giving us questions, it's more uh, open-ended, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I can, I, I can kind of pick... More. Yeah, as I say, I get to pick then, obviously, if you've said something, I can then bounce back off of it. And yeah, yeah um, I tried it last week and yeah, just I just thought last week it just felt a bit more natural, me explaining the game, then Who talking about um, Ivan. Oh, um, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it was a yeah, it, it just seemed to, to, to work really well. And th- th- I've decided each week I'm going to try and throw out some kind of ridiculous Gillingham claim. <laughs> so, well, I was going to say, you, you're doing well so far, aren't you? Well, yeah, so I've gone from back to back promotions, I've gone with uh, this Carlos Hernandez, <laughs> what his name is, uh, playing but, in the Premier League. I'm not gonna uh, look at him after, and I, I better see something there that. Uh, hints at that. On, on honestly, right. The one thing I would no, no. The one thing I would say is he is a rot. It's the ninetieth minute, and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go, and do you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then late on, you steal in, grab the last nugget, and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.